0: Section 14 of the Celtic Twilight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John O'Reardon. The Celtic Twilight by William Butler Yeats. Section 14. Regina Regina pygmeorum Veni. One night, a middle-aged man who had lived all his life far from the noise of cab-wheels and a young girl a relation of his who was reported to be enough of a seer to catch a glimpse of unaccountable lights moving over the fields among the cattle together with myself were walking along a far western sandy shore we talked of the forgetful people as the fairy people are sometimes called and came in the midst of our talk to a notable haunt of theirs a shallow cave amidst black rocks with its reflection under it in the wet sand i asked the young girl if she could see anything for i had quite a number of things to ask the forgetful people she stood still for a few minutes and i saw that she was passing into a kind of waking trance in which the cold sea breeze no longer troubled her nor indeed the dull boom of the sea distracted her attention i then called aloud the names of the great fairies and in a moment or two she said that she could hear music far inside the rocks and then a sound of confused talking and of people stamping their feet as if to applaud some unseen performer up to this our other friend had been walking to and fro some yards off but now he passed close to us and as he did he said suddenly "'that we were going to be interrupted, "'for he heard the laughter of children "'somewhere beyond the rocks. "'We were, however, quite alone. "'The spirit of the place had begun "'to cast their influence over him also. "'In a moment he was corroborated by the girl, "'who said that bursts of laughter "'had begun to mingle with the music, "'the confused talking and the noise of feet. "'She next saw a bright light streaming out of the cave,' which seemed to have grown much deeper and a quantity of little people in various coloured dresses red predominating all dancing to a tune which she did not recognise i then bade her call out the queen of the little people to come and talk to us there was however no answer to her command i therefore repeated the words aloud myself and in a moment a very beautiful tall woman came out of the cave. I too had by this time fallen into a kind of trance in which what we call the unreal had begun to take upon itself a masterful reality and was able to see the faint gleam of gold ornaments, the shadowy blossom of dim hair. I then bade the girl tell this tall queen to marshal her followers according to their natural divisions that we might see them i found as before that i had to repeat the command myself the creatures then came out of the cave and drew themselves up if i remember rightly in four bands one of these bands carried quicken boughs in their hands and another had necklaces made apparently of serpent scales but their dress i cannot quite remember for i was quite absorbed in that gleaming woman I asked her to tell the seer whether these caves were the greatest fairy haunts of the neighbourhood. Her lips moved, but the answer was inaudible. I bade the seer lay her hand upon the breast of the queen, and after that she heard every word quite distinctly. No, this was not the greatest fairy haunt, for there was a greater one a little farther ahead. And then I asked her whether it was true that she and her people carried away mortals, and if so, whether they had put another soul in the place of the one they had taken. We changed the bodies, was her answer. Are any of you ever born into mortal life? I asked. Yes, she said. Do I know any who were among your people before birth? You do, she said. Who are they? It would not be lawful for you to know, she said i then asked whether she and her people were not dramatizations of our moods she does not understand said my friend but says that her people are much like human beings and do most of the things human beings do i asked her other questions as to her nature and her purpose in the universe but only seemed to puzzle her at last she appeared to lose patience for she wrote this message for me upon the sands sands of vision that is not the grating sands under our feet be careful and do not seek to know too much about us seeing that i had offended her i thanked her for what she had shown and told and let her depart again into her cave in a little while the young girl awoke out of her trance and felt again the cold wind of the world and began to shiver i tell you these things as accurately as I can, with no theories to blur the history. Theories are, well, poor things at best, and the bulk of mine have perished long ago. I love better than any theory the sound of the gate of ivory turning upon its hinges, and hold that he alone who has passed the rose-strewn threshold can catch the far glimmer of the gate of horn. It were perhaps well for us all if we would but raise the cry Lily the astrologer raised in the Windsor forest, when he said, Regina, Regina, Pygmiorum veni, and remember with him that God visiteth his children in dreams. Tall, glimmering queen, come near, and let me see again the shadowy blossom of thy dim hair. End of Regina Regina Pegmeorum Veni.